Hi, everybody. My name is Sarita Chaparral, and I'm not your mother's realtor. And this is my podcast, Shit Just Got Real Estate. And as always, I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Megan Osberger. Hello, everybody. Today, we have a really exciting guest. It's George LaGuardia, who works uh, as a lender at AM. Thank you for joining us, George. Yeah, thank, thanks for having us. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, I'm super stoked. Good. Yeah, so I mean, we do our monthly meetups at ANN, so I've had the pl- pleasure of talking to you, um, and I know you as this lender extraordinaire. But today, today we want to get to know the person behind the lender. And I wanted to talk. About- Megan said I had to ham that up. Yeah, she was like, "If you're gonna say that shit, you need to like take it over the top." <laughs> but yeah I just wanted to talk a little bit about like your personal story of investing in real estate um but also just kind of get to know you a little bit better um and I want to kick start all of this before you even got to Chicago or to start working at ANN where did you grow up yeah great question so I actually grew up in the suburbs of Chicago um are you familiar with Villa Park yeah yeah, so I did uh, we, one deal down there and I've never been back. <laughs> Nothing against Villa Park, though, just how it happened. <laughs> that sounded harsh. It did. Oh my god. <laughs> Shout out to our listeners in Villa Park. <laughs> Villa Park. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing town for sure. But um so I lived I lived in Florida for a little bit as a as a kid, and then we moved to Villa Park, and that's kind of where I did like junior high and high school and okay. all of that. And um what so yeah, so that's what just sorry to interject there. Yeah, Miami. We were in Dade County for a little bit. Okay, cool. cool. I love Miami. Well, I mean, Florida yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, and then we moved to Villa Park, and that's, that's kind of where I grew up, did high school and stuff there. And yeah, so I, I go back there from time to time to, to my, my family's moved out since, but I'll just kind of drive around the streets, just kind of reminiscing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Whenever um, we go back, to visit my parents, I make us drive by my old house, even though like nobody that I know has lived there since I moved out when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. there is something kind of like, I don't know, um, that that memory lane, going down memory lane that's kind of healing, but also sort of shows you where you've come from and you know where you've been mm-hmm. and all the things you've gone through since then. It, it feels really good to like kind of see how it all, that jump point happened for people. Yeah. Um, well, that's really neat. So did you go to college here in Chicago? Yeah. So after high school, I went, I joined the military. So I joined the Marines. I was in kind of dating my, yeah, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I was, I was in the Marines from 98 to 2002. Okay. And then, uh, when I got out, I got a job at the first mortgage company ever as a telemarketer. Um, but I was going to college at Northeastern while I was doing that. Oh man, did you have an auto dialer or did you have to punch them in yourself? So back in those days, it <laughs> I, was- I also did phone sales. Very specific. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel like it really, cha- it, it to me it gives a real sense of what kind of phone sales you're doing. Sorry, as someone who did that as one of my first jobs. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it builds a lot of character, right? I think it gives you a sense of like tough skin as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like everyone should kind of go through some kind of phone sales if you're going to dive into, you know, real estate or finance or whatever, because yeah, I, I just I feel like it does something. I'm not kidding. It's so helpful to just have like 
no more fear of asking because someone yeah. might say no. Correct. I, I was dating at the same time and I found it like actually was like a real hand in hand for me. Yeah. Cause I think it gives you the initiative. Yeah. And it shows you also too, like, especially if you have rejection so many times, mm -hmm. like I think that's helpful because it sort of sharpens, um, like your tools for one, how to get over and through the rejection, but yeah. also, you know, gives you a thick skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. But no, it was, they were actually dials. So it wasn't auto dial. Okay. I would have to call mm. and I would call from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night with the same script. And so long. it was brutal, brutal. How but, did you do that? Uh, so interestingly enough, so I did that for about a year and a half. And my second year of doing it, I actually called a realtor who was having a hard time with the client getting them financed. So I was like, Hey, I'm happy to give it a shot if you're, if you're, you know, if you're up for it. And they did, they gave me a shot and I got the deal closed. So that became my first referral partner. So I went from cold calling all the time to now I'm cold calling their offices. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, one thing led to another and we built relationships and uh, my business just kind of expanded from there. And when I was done with college, I just kind of stayed in, you know, so I'm going on 20 years now. Wow. In the same industry. And how did you end up at A&N? So I was working at another uh, company and I just, you know, my, my kids go to school not too far from here. So I would drive by every single day, twice a day. And, you know, I just heard great things about Anna as a company and then Nina as, you know, yeah. female owner and all these things. So I, uh, one day I built up enough courage, you know, and I, I was going to go on Indeed and see if they were hiring, and, you know, but I was like, man, I, I just, I'm a bit old school when it comes to this stuff. So I just picked up the phone and called and I go, Hey, my name is George. And, you know, I'm loan officer, so on and so forth. And I was like, are you guys hiring? And Danielle actually picked up the phone and she's like, yeah, we, we actually are. <laughs> and the, like literally 15 minutes later, I got a text from Nina. And then I was interviewing like the very next day, this was a Friday. So Saturday I was interviewing. And then by Monday I was already here. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, so that I think quick. they knew what they saw in you and they were like, we gotta, we gotta move fast on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And um, I mean, honestly, that's almost like its own plug for phone sales jobs. I know they're not popular, <laughs> but I truly believe like you kind of need someone to cuss at you on the phone a few times a day to get yourself like yeah, the trains and that and tenacity ready. to be yeah. able to like, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to walk in. I'm going to show up. That's, I, feel I like love that. that. Is, I feel like that's old school and, you know, some regards, but I also feel like that's just the nature of it. Like, you know, no matter how old or young you are, I, I feel like that's the kind of tenacity that, that, you know, people either have or they don't. So they probably saw somebody 100%. that had that courage that comes in the door to like, you know, just kind of see how, you know, if there's any opportunities. And I think that they knew like to, to have that type of charisma is a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Um, at that time that you were like in college and you were moving into being a partner, sorry, you go from like the sales to being a lender partner. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got licensed. So you were licensed, yeah. you were making the sales, and then you then became a full-time officer? Or, yeah, what was the gap there yeah. like that? Um, yeah, that correct. Happened? So that was prior to 2008. You didn't need a license to, to be a <laughs> loan officer. That checks out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not about you, just generally. <laughs> oh, my God. I had no idea. 
Yeah. So Megan and I, we kind of started in Chicago. Um, when I basically, when I got off the plane, I have a background in opera music theater. So I finished an opera in Maine. I moved to Chicago with a suitcase and a purse. I get off the plane in Chicago and the stock market crashed. Mm. Everyone's dad lost their 401k. It was 2008. And so everything just kind of like unraveled. Yep. So we have a very like kind of, uh, bottom bottom level perspective yeah of what the nation was going through through all of that I literally just told Landon but he's like I've been at AN my whole career and I was like my first year out of college I had four jobs so it was yeah no I had, I think I had two like <laughs> but one of them was guaranteed rate yeah she, she worked at G rate for uh how long were you there uh, like 15 minutes yeah basically yeah, yeah. I wasn't doing anything productive they, they were like you didn't walk in the door they, they <laughs> you were like online you gotta go we need tenacity no they were just like here's like seven dollars and I'm like perfect thank you that's all I need to while I'm interviewing for all these other jobs anyway <laughs> it doesn't matter but um <laughs> The point is, I was actually trying to ask while you were doing all this transitioning, is that when you decided, like, had you bought any properties? Were you still saving? How did you get to your first purchase? Yeah, good question. So um, I was. So as I started making a little bit of money and all that, we did start saving and purchased um, my first property, I think, I want to say like 2003. So I was like, my early twenties, uh, purchased wow. my first property. It was a single family home. Okay. Um, and then from there I went to a condo. We had a condo in Oak park and then, uh, we had a few new construction properties in Plainfield as they were being built. Right. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I had a bit of a portfolio. Um, we had some rental properties and, and stuff like that, but, um, it was, it was a really cool experience because you get to see, you know, both sides of it, right? You get to see the lending side because you're now, you know, the customer or the borrower at that point. But then yeah. also you get to see the other side, the investing side. And it was super exciting and it was awesome. And I loved it. And um, it, it kind of leads into 2008, right? Where the great recession or the market yeah. collapse. And um, so we took a little bit of a hit there. And I think, um, you know, a few things could have happened. You could have just like gone, man, that was really tough. And I don't think I'm ever going to do this again. Right. Or you could realize that it's just the name of the game. Right. And sometimes that's just the cost of doing business. You might have some losses, but it doesn't mean that your wins are going to not outweigh your losses. Right. So right. after 2008, we had to readjust, regroup, and we went right back at it again. So, uh, but yeah, my first, my first few properties were single families and condos. And did you live like the first one that you bought, did you live in or how did you decide when you wanted to be doing investment versus for yourself? Yeah. So the first property we had was a condo, um, which was nice, but it was super, super small. Yeah. So then from there, we went to a single family mm -hmm. um, in Villa Park, believe it or not. Um, oh, wait, your wife told me about this. Yeah. Do you, do, do you want to, do you have time to hear the story? We, yeah. like, we lasted in Villa Park for like six months and then we were like out. Um, so my, my, my wife and I, we moved to Villa Park. We, you know, we had a home there and um, she was born and raised in the city. So she wasn't really used to suburb life, which I didn't think it was that far. Like it's, it's like a 30 minute, maybe 45 minute commute. And uh, one morning we walked out to our car, like our driveway and our neighbors 
like literally our neighbors right next door. They were, I think they were like in their late eighties at that point. And they, uh, they were sitting on lawn chairs at like seven 30 in the morning, drinking gin martinis. And <laughs> I was like, Hey, Ethel. Oh my God. That's He's like-, like, Hey George, how are you? And as soon as we got in the car, my wife's like, get me out of here. You know, Look, I'm into one of those lawn chairs. They're living the life. I know. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I feel like I would have had the adverse of like, all right, sign me up for that. Oh my gosh. That's 7.30 in the morning. Like you're leaving for work. And that's so funny. I can't believe wow. that. But you yeah, they, must have been up since four. So like maybe, that's true. you know, there's them, yeah, it's like noon. It's like day. what you're yeah. having for lunch. Yeah. Still for me, yeah. not a gin martini. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were living their best lives for sure. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Oh, that's sure. so funny. So you guys were only there for just like six months or maybe like less than a year. Um, we were there yeah, for less than a year. The commute, I think what, so when I made the joke about it, I've only done one and I haven't been back. So when I have buyers that are like looking in an area, if I have the time to do it and make it work, or if I feel like, you know, the purchase process is going to be a lot shorter then I'll be able to do it. But even sometimes a place that's 30 minutes outside of the city, uh, even going to Oak Park sometimes, which for me in River West should be in theory, very close, Mm -hmm. can take almost an hour, depending on which Um, and with COVID, I was zipping around. So like going down like Southwest, North, even outside of the city, I was out, I went to Elgin also one time for a buyer and I was like, I can't do that for sure because I, I'm not going to be able to keep up with that um, post COVID. But that was just, yeah, the commute on these things. People don't understand that the sacri- it will sacrifice some of your lifestyle if you do have to sit in a car because it adds up both ways. Was your family still in Villa Park though? So like you guys were still near family? Yeah, at that time, were they down there? Yeah, my, my family was. Her family was in the city still. Yeah. Um, so we, we ended up moving. Um, but before that, we, we bought another property in Plainfield. It was new construction. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had our condo rented out, we rented out our house. And then we, you know, we had the, the Plainfield property. And then um, shortly after that, we moved back into the city and, you know, I, I, I was a suburb guy until I moved to the city and then I'm just like, there's, you know, I got it. Yeah. 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 I feel that yeah. way. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to talk about the first rental property. Um, so you've done now a couple of transactions and you're now looking to purchase an investment property. Uh, well, one as a lender, uh, what made you decide on the, on the com- commerce side, I guess the the consumer side of it. How, how, why did you decide that you wanted to do that for yourself? Um, especially when we know that this industry can be kind of feast and famine. Um, what was your, what was the decision-making like for you on that? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So, um, you know, I think when you look at it statistically, right, like most millionaires are made through real estate Mm -hmm. and it's like life insurance and then realtors. And then I think it's, George, and then, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the, some real estate professionals in there. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, yeah. So we, we just, I knew there was something to it and, um, my dad would always dabble in real estate as well. And, um, he always did well, you know, so we, we, you know, I decided to get into it and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you, if you want to buy a house and have your home and it's fine, but, uh, we wanted to get aggressive with it 
And realistically, like, I think that our equity in our properties, investment properties, number one, they're performing, right? So they, they're paying for themselves. Plus you're making a little bit extra, which goes back to your ROI. And, you know, but, you know, the equity that we gained in those properties, like it superseded our 401ks and everything else. And even when the market crashed in 2008, you know, we still made money on the properties through selling them, you know, back to the bank or some kind of short sale process, uh, whereas our 401k is completely tanked, right. you know? So, and then after 2008, you know, I just feel like it does, real estate does outperform, you know? And I think when you start building a good portfolio, you have a good team around you. So you have a good real estate agent, a good lender, you know, a good attorney, like you're really setting yourself up and it's not just a very much like um, setting myself up, but now you're leaving a legacy, right? So this is something that you can leave for generations to come. And when these properties, you know, you pay them off or whatever, now it's just positive cash flow every single month. And for a lot of people who maybe haven't saved up for retirement or maybe haven't saved up for college or anything else, well, I have a lot of clients who go, hey, we're in this position where time flew and my kids are in college. Well, hey, guess what? Those three investment properties that you have, we could actually pull some money out from that. And all of a sudden you're set, right? You're you're back, you're caught up in a sense because mm-hmm. um, you have enough capital there to do it. And it's I've in the last 20 years, people have used real estate to send their kids to college, pay for weddings, pay off debt. Like it's just incredible what you could do with it. And it's always yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, for me, it was a no brainer. Like how, why wouldn't you get into real estate investing? Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably, yeah. No. Well, you know what, we were talking about this. Uh, well, we've talked about this privately a lot um, that it's hard for me to ask these questions sometimes because I, I know the answers to them and I know all of the good, but it's interesting to hear, especially other professionals opinion on what their experience was like and also the, how their viewpoint of that advantage for real estate is compared to putting your mother money in other markets and other opportunities. Um, I mentioned also too, like last night I was on the phone for four hours. And one of the things we were talking about is the after repair value of this property and having a seven-year plan for it of what we think the returns and the appreciation is going to be for the property. And um, the numbers really worked. So it was the strategy on this, I think, is also really fascinating, um, even in these markets, you know, even since you've been doing this since 2003, um, you know, you've seen a lot of trends, you've seen, you know, the recession and COVID. Um, what would you say, have you ever had an experience where you've had to walk away from a deal, like maybe where the numbers didn't work, like, and yeah. is it going to work out and you had to cancel it? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, you know, the, the one, so if it's going to be my family property, like my, my home, you know, I always want that to have a certain kind of feel. So, you know, especially if your wife and kids are involved and there's some emotion there. Um, But when it comes to investing in real estate, you know, I think for me, I try to keep the emotion out of it. You know, it's, it's just an asset or, you know, so, so in that sense, yes, the property might be beautiful and it might be everything that I was looking for, but if the numbers don't work, you're, you're just setting yourself up for failure and you know, the the shiny is going to wear off after a while. You're going to realize that you're, you've just made a 30 year commitment on something that, you know, you were very much emotionally attached to. So if it does not make sense, you know, and I, I, you know, we speak to clients all the time. I'm like, Hey, 
listen to your realtor. <laughs> you know, if the numbers don't make sense, walk away because real estate's been around forever and it's not going to go anywhere. Right. So real estate's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. And even when you feel like the market's dry and well, there's nothing out there. That's okay. Things are always coming up. I promise you things are always being built. People are always going to sell. It's not going to go anywhere. So um, for me, yes, I've walked away from several deals where, you know, and halfway through the process, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And you have to be smart enough and confident enough uh, in your team to go, Hey, this doesn't look good. Yep. Let's do it. Let's move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You just move on to the next one. Right. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of courage. Um, totally. <laughs> I just canceled my own deal. <laughs> uh, I say, Speaking I said, I said, as soon as I said it, I was like, it takes a lot of courage. And now I want to talk about my courage. Um, but I think it was, so I was under contract uh, for a four unit and um in theory, it was all the things I would want on a deal. And then really what kicked my ass was that the seasonal strategy for the property needing a roof and where the leases were at, and then having to change the rehab strategy around the roof and the tenants leases, it all just kind of fell apart. Also, just between you, me and the people in Dubuque and Villa Park that listen to our show. Um, <laughs> Also, I do, we do have a couple of international listeners because I have a couple of international clients who have been sweet enough to listen. And I know that they're actually listening because we can see it on our little demographic. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, shout out to my clients in China and Taiwan. Um, but the, the seasonal aspect of this property just didn't work. And, you know, I had a lot of come to Jesus meetings with Landon and my girls here about like how this was going to work. And really at some point it just became harder and harder to work the strategy. And, you know, even though it's my purchase, I had to talk to myself like I was my realtor because I didn't have anybody like myself anchoring it to be like, no, you just got to cancel this. Um, It took a while, but, you know, I finally got there a couple of days later um, through all of my therapy with everyone um, that it just wasn't going to work. And it was, it's kind of, it's like going through a breakup in some ways. I know you say it's not emotional, but like I felt destroyed. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? But George has I done it a bunch. Yeah. And George did phone sales. Yeah. And that's yeah. the real difference. Yeah. <laughs> it always comes back to phone sales. If you've done phone sales, you're good. Okay. I may not have done phone sales, but until you do improv in no, a basement so at true. midnight for four people, you do not know what commitment is. Dang. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, you know, for anybody out there that is actually like listening to what I'm trying to say and what I want people to take away from it is that even when you're as experienced as George, or you have the market experience, like me having to cancel something and walk away from it is sometimes hard, but the best thing you can do for yourself. And it happens. So it doesn't mean you did something wrong. Yeah. Cause I think that's what, um, like my husband definitely felt really bummed out after one of our offers didn't get accepted or one time he had to pull out of a deal because because <laughs> there was a PVC pipe going th- from the roof through his condo he wanted to buy and out the other side legitimately. Yeah, he had like a condensation <laughs> pipe from the roof going through the property, like his <laughs> area. And his inspector was like, yeah, you, you can't. He was like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, we can't. Like there's The no- inspector literally was like, do you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. So I think, 
you know, and sometimes these things, especially you go through the showing really quick and, you know, you're running your numbers on your end. And uh, like Landon had said that he saw his property in Pilsen one time before he bought it. Yeah. Um, and so you get such a short time to like look and see. And then for the inspection, when you're really there for like three or four hours, that's when everything like kind of when you're really able to sit into it and, and analyze that, that's when it the numbers really become 3D. And you can see like if it'll work and if it won't. Yep, 100%. Um, I feel like I have just chatted your ear off. I'm, I am I know we've run over our, our time, um, but it's been really fun getting to know you a little bit more and your process on things. Before we wrap up, I just want to know if there is anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the edge of our seat. I don't know what you're going to say. to know if there's anything um, that you want to leave people with that we hadn't discussed or talked about. I know we sent you like 50 questions in this and we didn't get to all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah so. <laughs> no, I set you up for failure. I did. I set you up for failure because, um, and I did this with another guest of ours. I was like, well, is there anything else you want to say? And it's mostly just because I, you know, I want this to be an opportunity for you to give advice or maybe something that you wish you would have known, you know, before you got started or something that you say on repeat. Um, my favorite thing is that I always say is the juice worth the squeeze when I'm analyzing deals because yes. I'm from the South and we talk in colloquialisms. But um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure before I cut us all off that, you know, you didn't have any feelings you needed to get out in our therapy session. <laughs> no, yeah, um, I do. I think, I think when it comes to real estate, right, I think um, sometimes there could be an aspect of fear to it. Um, and I always... We, you know, over the last 20 years, I've had a ton of clients, you know, and I think sometimes we hesitate to jump into the real estate market, or maybe you have a property and you're thinking about another one, but this fear aspect kicks in. And the reality is that the real estate process is actually a lot less scary than we think, Yeah. you know, and I always recommend having a really great team around you, right? So a phenomenal realtor, you know, a lender and an attorney that could walk you through the process. And, you know, there's, there's so many people doing it and here's a little like, you know, snippet from, this is a bit personal, but, um, so my grandparents came here from Cuba. Um, my dad was born in Cuba and he came here and, you know, what set them up, they worked, you know, 50, 60 hours a week at factories. My grandfather did when he first came over here. And I remember when he bought his first piece of property, you know, and it had like land and, you know, everything he wanted and he held on to that and he, leveraged that property to buy other property. And he came here with nothing and he left with a lot that he left his kids and vice versa. And, you know, it's, it, it created a sense of, you know, not generational wealth, right. But it did leave something, you know, he, he left, he did, and he left things better than what he came here with. And I think, you know, if you are thinking about jumping into the real estate market, you know, I always tell people, you know, my, my grandfather came here with nothing, worked in a factory and he left and he left a legacy, you know, and we all have the opportunity to do the same thing. You know, it's that one little thing, fear. And, you know, I'm glad that I get to work with you guys, Sarita and your team and, you know, meeting all of your clients and everything else. And we, we really do a good job of going, Hey, these are the steps that it's going to take. And these are the stories, the success stories from people yeah. that have actually 
you know, they're, they're just in better shape than they were financially, you know, five years ago. And the reality is the time is constantly ticking. Like you can never stop it. Right. So your note today and your note tomorrow, you're going to wake up. It's five years down the road and you could have had a ton of equity. You could have had multiple properties. You could have really been set up. Um, so I would always say, if you have questions, just reach out to your team, your realtor, your lender, and just, it's scary, but sometimes we have to do it scared. You know what I mean? Just do yeah. it scared and you're always going to reap the benefits of it. So sometimes the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. And if it's not, Sarita will let you know. <laughs> so. well, that's, that's such a beautiful story. Yeah. I, you know, I think for me, and it kind of reminds me of that quote that says that one property can change your life. And that really is, it not only changed his life, but like generationally has now launched this domino effect that your beautiful kids are also going to experience. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love real estate. I, I wouldn't be able to do anything else. The financing end of it is something that, you know, yeah, I just, I love it. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for having me on here. Yeah, thank, you so much. Yeah, thank you for, for talking with us. Um, so uh, we're going to do one more plug for Ann and Mortgage because we have our monthly meetup the second yes. day of every month yeah. and January. We're going to be talking about taxes. So come Get ready. And, yeah, meet our wonderful George here. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, George. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.